0: This week on Up to 90, we talk... The murder of Sophie Tosca de Plantier. Ooh. Do you know why I said i do this one, Ems? Why? I have a bit of a sheep, okay? Yeah. Jumped on the bandwagon, uh, was listening to the West Cork Audible uh, series. Read, really, really good. Have you listened to it? No. If you haven't listened to it and if you're in any way interested in this case, please do check that out. Right. Um, because it's very good, it's just really well done. Mm-hmm. it's like thirteen episodes um it's two English journalists, and they basically investigate this murder. They were living in West Cork. I kind of thought like it did you know ignite a bit of atavism in me when I heard like it was two English journalists doing it, but they it is so well done, like they are so balanced it's really good, and you know what I love about it actually is, and this is why I said I'd love to actually talk about this case first of all. I was like, we have to talk about this case because this was so huge in Ireland in the mid-90s. Like, it yeah. was massive. But also, it was really interesting to me to me now how they explored the whole, like, this blow-in culture. Like, you know, on the west coast of Ireland, like, these people who land nobody knows anything about them mm. and how they just want to reinvent themselves. Remember we were talking about reinvention with yeah. Des Bishop um, when he was on the podcast. But there is, like in West Kerry as well, there's this real culture that, and I was like, this is super interesting because I've always had the theory anyone who comes to the west coast of Ireland so you meet someone and they tell you, oh you know, I used to be a stockbroker in Fleet Street. Yeah. And now they are um, they are making shoes Mm. in school you're just like okay you're running from something you're running from yourself you're running from the law you're running from something yes and i always like build these fantasies with Mm. no basis whatsoever
2: they're always running from something though.
0: Always, of course. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's funny cuz I do. You know, when you tell yourself enough of the narrative about a person like you convince yourself, okay, this is actually Yeah, if I meet someone
2: if I meet someone from Dublin,
0: you build that story. Living
2: in Cork. I'm like <laughs> Okay. Well, listen. Tell me, what's the story? Hello.
0: I mean, I would just, straight away, I'd just be calling the cops on that person. Because Mm. they've got something to hide. Like, nobody is from Dublin and lives in Cork. Up to 90. Up
2: to 90. Up to 90. With
0: Emma and Julie. It's different if they have totally turned their back on, um, you know, the rat race. Yeah, like, yeah. No, but still, wanna, it's suspicious. I want to make my own perfume <laughs> in school. Like that's different. But mm. I would, uh, I would be more suspicious of someone who was from, let's just say, um, I'm taking as Swords, mm. and who decides to move to Cork City, Wilton in Cork City, I'm just okay. like, okay something happened there mm. a choice was made Anyway Emma, congratulations on your big massive gig last night I don't know if you heard about this but Emma mm. was playing Small Venue, Happy St. Patrick's Day to all Do you want to share with our listeners Emma, mm. where you were? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know our astute listener will have
2: maybe already realised, Emma seems quite quiet this week because I'm I'm tired and emotional, uh, today I was hung
0: over to bits
2: in a bad way. Nipping to the loo every twenty-five minutes. Um, you were
0: mad for the fags. No, oh my god! But my vape, the battery. Once the va- if the vape battery goes, and I'm drinking, I'm like, just get the fags. If Emma's vape goes, I mean, it was funny because you were kind of listening to. It, it seemed to be playing music at one stage. Your vape. You were like having a bit of a bop. But if Emma's <laughs> vape goes, it's like, oh right. no, we must fix this. Yeah, because yeah. otherwise the night is done. Great all night. Congratulations yeah, to you, Emma, one. and all Thanks. and the other comedians that supported you, of course. Yeah, I, I just felt... Supported uh, by Neil Delamere. Yeah, when David you... David Doherty.
2: When you kind of hit it big, you got to bring other people along with you. Of course. And you never forget. There was a few revelations last night. Are you ready for these? Go. Uh, Dave Mac Savage, his son Jack. So I met Daniel. His son Daniel works. Okay, international he does the, the door, door in the yeah.
0: international.
2: Yeah, his son Jack is nineteen. Stunner.
0: Oh, you were saying that he's absolutely gorgeous.
2: Stun. I'm talking about. Well, like of course, the two. I
0: mean, look, his their mom is gorgeous. I've met their mom. Yeah, no, she's That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying about David? Well, it's like, well, the man is gorgeous. He's he's striking-looking, yeah, human being. Um, okay, I mean, it's hard to actually gauge how attractive David is because he's generally kind of just wearing layer upon layer.
2: He is, yeah, he's very hidden. Um, but it's great. Old, I have to say, it was a great old gig, and uh, Neil Delamere was amazing. You
0: were saying this? Oh my oh, god! Insane. Yeah, I was just like. I don't know what it was, but I hadn't really
2: seen him before. When I had seen him before, it was like, uh, you know, I was like going out the door or I was waiting to go on or, you know, that kind of way, like you're distracted. I I
0: think the last time I saw Neil live was in Edinburgh. I did The Stand, um, but it was a bit of a Golden Girls show because it was like afternoon. Yeah. So I followed Neil to Edinburgh, which is always fun. Do you know Mm. what I mean? So they've had the big laughs. And now I'm like, hey, does anyone know how expensive tampons are? And here's my number. That's me being really reductive. Like, there is more to my set. But no, I just, I mean, I did have to laugh. I'm like, oh, my God, following Neil. So it doesn't surprise me that he was amazeballs. Yeah, he was. I was at Dancing with the Stars. Um, Fred got kicked out. Absolutely robbed. Okay, we're currently appealing the decision. Mm. Um, Anyone with two eyes could see that he was the better dancer than Johnny yes. um no i joke obviously johnny is Technically perfect. He's is amazing. He? Is he though? I know he is great. And to be honest, but you is know, there heart? And Fred, is there heart in I've it? I kind of been putting pressure on him with talking about the future, etc. Mm. So you know, he's he's a real man. For look, we might talk about it after the show. So what I've been doing for the last few weeks is voting Johnny every week. So I'm just kind of happy it's over now. Yeah. So I can just sit back. So what are you going to talk 60 about? Cent. Just different things, you know me, Emma. I just. I like to just keep a bit for me. Mm-mm. You, know, oh, you know, know I've told you in the WhatsApp audios. Ah, yeah, Speaking I know. of WhatsApp audios, will I tell them about my PPs? Your my PPs. incident last week. What happened? Um, so uh, we've referred to the WhatsApp audios quite a bit, okay. Um and I mean, it is the equivalent of like Mean Girls burn book, isn't it? Really, like they just it can they can never be released. No, no. Like, absolutely, I live in fear of this cloud that everyone's talking about. But you're
2: fucked. Like I'm fine.
0: I think I think that people wouldn't be surprised by your WhatsApp audio, no. but I think they'd be quite shocked at mine. Yeah. But anyway, you are like I the was, biggest now, fucking bitch No, that's n- you know that's not true. That is not true, listener. One but of them.
2: One of them. I anyway. will say.
0: I will say. Uh, so look, I'm going to confess. This is not good, and I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done this. But I was stopped at a traffic light, and I had my Google Maps on the oh. phone. And look, I said, I'm gonna send. Yeah. I no, what I okay. did because I was lost. I was coming from RT and it was late. I was like, I actually was genuinely lost. I was trying to find the end for. Yeah. So stopped the light. I was like, sure, look, I'll send yourself an L WhatsApp audio while I'm here. And the thing that really infuriated me, m- infuriated me about this, uh, infuriated me about this listener, mm. there was nothing. Like I was saying nothing. Like it was just like, hey, here I am rambling. I'm on a light, and I said. <laughs> There is nothing. It was just like, hey, you know, funny. This is a nothing audio. You know the way we love sending those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, and that's absolute choice. Nina, Nina, blue lights. They had me on the hood of my car, cuffed.
2: Spread. Spread,
0: spread eagled, eagled <laughs> Spread eagled Unfortunately, not. But no. So yeah, I got done. I got done so how, three now, three penalty okay, points okay
2: but this is my query about the whole thing how many penalty points do you have
0: now So we're up to eight now. I was thinking, because you said that's six I thought it was, no, I actually said to you nine, Nine. I think. But But then I was quite relieved because it's actually up to eight now. But you're 12 and you're off the road. I mean, you're going to be
2: off the road before Christmas. But
0: can I just say, though, I will say the other two times, right, both times, I actually think this is a bit mad, both times I was done for speeding on motorways. Like, I think that is a bit harsh, Emma. Do you know what I mean? If I'm being honest with you. Well, how it, fast are we going? I probably would have been... Well, you see, if you're going from... Look, anyone who's done the M7... Ding- Answer Dublin the question. To Dingle. Answer Dublin the question. to Dingle. Like, n- if you're passing through Leash, nobody wants to be going less than 130k an hour. If you're passing through Leash, you want yeah. to get through that as quickly as possible. Well, there
2: you go. I mean, if you're going... So, you're saying 130 so that means you're doing 140. 140 maybe. No, you got to keep it within the 10.
0: Within the magic 10. Yeah. yeah. I know, and like speeding isn't thing. 129, cool, 129. Well, I just think I would never, it's funny because I would never speed on a secondary rope, but a motorway, like I think that it is a long journey. And I do think a lot of people, if they're honest, if you're honest listener, people have gone over the 130 on that motorway. It is easily done, and both times, that's what I got done for. The only
2: thing that I would say to you now is that when the court case comes around, don't defend yourself.
0: Is it a bit of a, yeah...
2: I think you're just when too. The court case I comes think you piss off the judge now with all your excuses oh, and all your stories. My plan is: I'm
0: going to do the Cheryl Cole like white suit. Oh, nice! Like, yeah, just that whole like real sad face. Although I can't really work her defense, which was solely that she was good looking, therefore should be. And mm. sure, it worked, a treat. I mean. Uh, like if you kind of do this, points. if you do this right, I they mean. keep me humble. They keep me humble. Also had a charity gig myself at the weekend. Thanks for asking. Yeah, what was that? Um, so it was it was a sta- basically I got I I got asked to do this gig. I didn't read the small print. Now emotionally, I was in a terrible place. Um, because I had. Been signed up to do a gig last Thursday, which I thought was in Balonne, and it turned out to be Sly in Sligo. So my apologies, Sligo, if I was slightly fuss- flustered during that gig. Mm. Horrendous weather, like we're talking apocalyptic. So finished work, left Luke in a quarter past four, landed into the gig at quarter past eight due to kind of go on stage for half eight i was totally delirious i don't think i even finished my jokes i was just like completely demented totally deranged i was just too tired like mm. i was completely flustered hand hand give myself the time dehydrated hadn't had time to stop to go to the toilet or get a drink of water i was just nuts um Six and ki- it was a really shit gig so yeah. i was in a bad place on friday and I went in to this gig and then they were like, okay, so here's what's going to happen. Um, you're going to do 10 minutes of stand-up and then the improv guys are going to do 10 minutes based on your set. So I had to sit there. Now, the audience were not loving me at all. You know where I trying to have the banter with somebody in the Mm-mm. audience and ask them about their relationship? And I made a joke like, oh, she, you've been with your partner eight years. You probably hate him by now, do you? And she was like, no, I actually love my partner because we communicate. It was just turning into a bit of a chat. So I made a joke to that effect. This is turning into a bit of a chat. Because mm. I don't know if anyone's been to stand-up comedy, but it's kind of one person talking. Oh, this
2: is a fucking charity It's gig. a fucking
0: charity game. Like, do you know what? I have to say... This some lovely people in the audience, but some fucking arrogant pricks in the audience as well. Mm. And you just think, give me some love. This is a charity gig. I really, really support. It was actually an aid of refugees, and it's a co- cause that I'm massively supportive of, very close to my heart. Um, but I'm just, I kind of felt like saying "fuck off." And then I sat there, and they deconstructed the whole set. So it was all basically taking the piss out of you. No. We all do comedy. We all have a sense of humor. I probably was in, you know, when you're just in a, you're a bit of an emotional wreck. Mm. And I actually it left it improv. in tears because I was did like, you? I did. Now, I, but I'm not putting Sony on that, but I wasn't in great form. But I was just in, you know, when all your best jokes are just torn to shreds. Mm. Like, so one guy now who was actually the, like the improv troupe were great, but I just wasn't aware that this was going to happen. Um, but I need to start reading my emails, <laughs> but yeah it was a weird one like you know when your hits you fire out the hits mm. and then people basically destroy them it's like this is shit and the biggest laugh he got was when he was taking the piss out of me saying this is turning into a bit of a chat and everyone was turning at me and turning to me and laughing and not in a nice way like almost like now you cheeky bitch like there you go and I just want like saying there's nothing wrong with me making a joke that this is turning into a bit of a chat like, and who else was on up.
2: who else was on
0: Uh James Moore was on okay. he was very good uh, he is great his intro was mine was here's Julie J, and his was now for someone really good like this guy's special so the whole thing was a shit show and you know what if you're gonna look we all wanna support charity um, events even though we did specify last week not on a Saturday but that was us being flippant um, but just fucking be sound Was this organised by you your you know we're hungover today wouldn't you? <laughs>
2: Was this organised by your fucking enemies or something? Like, it just sounds
1: br- Well, no, if they were,
0: I'm sure their heart was in the right place, but I am uncomfortable with that thing of you do ten minutes of stand-up and then we spend ten minutes ripping it to shreds. Fucking sounds shite. Would you be on for that? No. It's just a bit of a weird one. Um. Anything else then? No, I don't think anything else has happened in my life particularly. Uh, have I watched anything good? What about
2: the Tommy show? Why do you tell people about the Tommy show?
0: (sighs) I just feel... (laughs) I've got a bit of imposter syndrome with it all. We'll see, we'll wait. Do you know what? We'll wait until I... At the moment, I am kind of, you know... I'm the confidence isn't at a at a high after Sligo because I was a pretty shit in Sligo. Okay, yeah. I made a joke about leaks up which bombed. I mean there were crickets and it's weird because it's been working so well in the warm up for Tommy. Mm, mm. I do a joke about like all these, uh, basically like you know there's a lot of speech and drama societies now popping up in Leakes Up, yeah. which is a good thing because there was a lot of drinking doing drugs there when I was a teenager. But then I say, you know, I think that's a good thing. But then I also think it has to be really good speech and drama society to compete with ecstasy. Yeah. Flatline. A lot of folded arms. And then I did a joke. See, you know, there'd have to be serious improvisation. Nothing. That's top shelf. I mean, look, you know, we're sitting in a car in front of Next, Mm. eyeing up the Eddie Rockets. You know, it's not the context. (laughs) It is top shelf stuff, I promise. Anything else um, about Freddie Bear being out of the competition? Did you see him with his maracas dressed up like a little teen rabbit? And his flamboyant sleeve? Oh, I saw a picture of the flamboyant sleeve
2: somewhere, but I haven't seen have it in action. Have you
0: ever seen a sleeve which is more Frank Cook? <laughs> oh, Fred. I got a bed. I am ups- I mean, seriously. You'll have,
2: have him back now, though, bitch. I can't
0: wait to have him back now yeah. and just, you know, just have some other sounding board other than the WhatsApp audios. Yeah,
2: yeah. I know. <laughs> I did
0: catch him today in the rear view mirror looking a bit panicked because I'd asked a question and jumped in with another question and he just kinda threw his hands up in total frustration. And I yeah. just caught him. You know, when you catch that eye roll oh. in the rear view and I was like, is there a problem? He's like, No, 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 just trying to keep up with it all. God, so so before Christmas, you're going to be single and you're going to be off the road as well. Listen, I think, because now I do think Fred is going to get to know me now. So now Mm. we're in trouble. Would you you just check into the asylum now or when you... Easter I I like I like an asylum visit oh, during welcome. the summer because okay, I know that's unusual. Most people, it's like SAD. Yeah, Most yeah. people are really into the winter breaks, but mm. I'm very fond. of an old, Um, shout out to the Reesquard in in my old my old fan base. Um, I'm just fond of popping in just when just when the heat's really getting to me. Okay, but don't go
2: down to Tralee then
0: because I won't really get uh, to no, visit you. I'd have to go back there. Would you? Yeah. They were gassed because the last time a what few years ago that I was in there. Well, they don't really let people stay over. Oh, it's only like Dave, was yeah. a kind of? Yeah. But they did have to take the landline off me because the bills were mounting. Oh, my God. I'd be I like, can listen, can imagine. I just? Oh, can you imagine? And no, like, no, like, listen, this is a private conversation. I'd just be sitting there in the nurse's station, like, just ringing anyone who'd listen, telling them the whole story. But anyway, that was when I was at my thinnest, you know, swings and roundabouts. Mm. <laughs> this is it, yeah. Well, look, just uh, somewhere and closer would be good. people say swimming in the sea is good for your head. I sw- I've never swam in the sea as much as I did that summer. And it did me... I mean, did you know, it help you? you? Well, when you end up in a psychiatric ward, I don't think so. Oh, Anyway
1: Are you interested in seeing What goes on Behind the scenes Of the Irish Film and TV industries If so Tune in to F&I Rap Chat On the Headstuff Podcast network Every week We host a discussion With a different Director uh, Producer Editor a Storyboard artist Art director uh, Line producer Actor uh, Script editors uh, Scenic artists uh, Storyboard artists Cinematographers uh, Line producers Actors, voiceover artists, uh, storyboard artists. That we did. Uh, so look, um,
0: Emma's looking nervous. So we'll just we'll just well, start reading no, now. It could be good for honestly, my career. Here. Ground almonds, sh- six chicken thighs, tikka paste. Oh, I, th- I honestly, nice. I think you completely know that was the lost the plot now. Honestly. No, I, I haven't. Back on track. Okay, the marriage of Sophie <laughs> Toscan du Pontier. Um, so it occurred... So the Just give me the gist of this now, because okay, I well need I am. my memory. That's the whole point of the podcast, oh, is giving you the on. fucking gist. Come I'm on. not... Listen, we're hungover, so There's not going to be too many details here, but okay. Come Murder on. of T- uh, Sophie Tuscan de Pontier. So yeah. basically... In Skull, in a place called... Hang on, I need to find my bits and pieces. Okay, so December 1996, the 23rd of December, mm. Sophie Tuscan de Plantier's body is discovered in a place called Two More in Skull in West Cork. Go- Goa just part of the world, if you haven't been there. Why? Um, So she had a holiday home uh, in this area. She was married to a film producer, verse very successful French film producer called Daniel Tuscan de Plantier so in France she was kind of a big deal but in Ireland she was kind of not known that well she was a bit of a transient character sorry he was just really distracted why is that taxi driver after put? like does he think this is dogging what's going on this is an empty car park and he's like I'm going to just pull in here now really weird very strange. We've got our eyes on you. I okay. Know. I mean, at least we I mean, to look at
2: you 1st like... Before uh, I decide what I'm doing. Can I see his face? Well, I suppose that is the dogging thing for a lot of people. That is
0: oh. the dogging thing. I think there's something about if you're wearing a green jacket. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, it's just go for it. Okay, so her body is found and uh, straight away. So, we're talking about a regional police force. So, this was massive at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the poor thing had been battered to death, it was really violent. What, I- what age was she? She room? was 39. Okay. Um and the scary thing is is like I can remember thinking at the time, God, you know, she, you know, she was old, but now I'm like she was like three years older than me. Like it is scary. Yeah. That's kind of how time works, Judy. But anyway, um, <laughs> so straight away the for initial suspect and the prime suspect was this guy called Ian Bailey. So he was one of these blow-ins that we were talking about. Mm. He uh, was partnered up with a woman who'd lived in Skull for a long time called Jules Thomas and he was a local journalist, but he was straight away he was he just was a bit of a strange fish all round. So he landed up to the murder scene and there were all these discrepancies. So he said we landed up after the news, you know, myself and Jules had heard about this murder on the news and then, given the time from, he was like, "Oh well, I, you know, was up there maybe for about quarter past one." But then it's like that's not enough time. Having heard the news in your kitchen to get dressed and go up and okay. check this scene out. So, Jules was supposed to take pictures. He was supposed to be reporting the story. The guards did not like this guy. This is clear from the outset. She was sorry. Who's this chaplain? Ian Bailey. So they didn't okay. really like him. He was kind of known as a bit of a mentalist around the place, and mm. they were
2: not bit of a Julie.
0: Bit of a Julie, (laughs) um, bit of a Julie, (laughs) and he. So the guards claimed that when he arrived in the scene, that he was quite frazzled, that he actually didn't want to stay, which they found strange because. Oh, he was also accused of knowing where, like, he seemed to be going down this, like, road, knowing where this incident had taken place, right. even though he was, cl- he said that he was just basing this on having heard it on the news. Uh, now, a lot of this is hearsay as well, of course, and mm. the guard at the scene was saying, oh, he's a bit frazzled, and, you know, he'd come to other things, like this old man had fallen off a cliff, and he was, like, very chatty, very, like, you know, all about the story, but this time he didn't want it. he just seemed a bit distracted. Right. Now, couple of things. Okay, so the guards got into a lot of trouble at the time because they were accused of not having followed procedures and as a result, like, I suppose, kind of, you know, contamin- not contaminated evidence, but essentially made the DPP, DPP's task very difficult in terms of bringing a prosecution. Right. So they... But I don't know. I think based on this West Cork, like I actually think it—that's unfair as well. Like they had a very difficult job. There were no witnesses. Mm. Okay, they were going on nothing. This is a rural area. This was a transient visitor. She didn't really know anyone bar the guy that she used to go into the pub and get a cup of tea and a scone off. Like it's actually, it's quite sad how transient somebody can be in a community yeah, yeah. and a guy who maybe had fixed her roof. these were the only people who knew her so there was n- they had nothing to go on the guards, so I think it's unfair to kind of say like you know they didn't do their job well, it was a really tough job as well. They didn't do mm. a lot of things well, but it was a seriously fucking tough one like they had nothing to go on, mm. so they had nothing to go on, but they were convinced it was Ian Bailey few things um he had been known for being violent, so he had really badly beaten his partner, like really badly. had to be hospitalised. And the third time this happened, the guards obviously were involved. Yeah. And so they had had this in their (coughs) mind when Ian rocks up to this. So they have a woman who's been battered to death and in front of them is this guy Mm. who has like seriously battered his partner. God. relatively recently. So you can see how straight away they're like, mm. yeah. a lot of talk as well, of course, at the time of like, you know, this kind of English bollocks, like, you know, he was just a bit of a prick, you know, beating up his missus, that kind of thing. So he wasn't liked in school particularly, mm-hmm. but he did have a certain blowing contingent. His alibi was a little bit flimsy, claimed he was in bed with his partner, did say he got up during the night, but said he'd just gone downstairs uh, to write an article and so uh, sorry, did they take like that they were having an affair or something? No, they what they thought was a few interesting things. So they thought that he was a little bit obsessed with her. That right. he was into her. His diaries had surfaced in a later libel case which he foolishly brought uh, he was major attention seeker like just was always courting attention so in mm. 2004 he bought a 2003 he bought a libel case mm. and in that his diaries were produced into evidence really bad idea so this was not a criminal trial but essentially during that libel case and the guards were massively present they i'm sure you remember it but like all this evidence that the guards really wanted to present in a criminal court was now being presented yeah. in a civil court so actually Ian totally fucked himself over in that one because otherwise the public wouldn't have known about like these diaries etc and like look you know again we're talking 90s Ireland it's interesting actually even hearing them rehashed recently because you know it was all about like these dark sexual fantasies etc I mean, by modern standards, I would say 90s irons were probably like a lot more horrified by these diaries than we would be now. But Mm. there were a couple of things like he talked about beating his partner and how he wanted to kill her. Not ideal when you're claiming to be innocent for murdering a woman down the road.
2: Christ, imagine you read your fella's diary and that's what was in it. Imagine your fella had a diary first To be
0: honest, the look that I saw in the rear view mirror today when I was babbling on, it wasn't too far off really if you know i mean really he had written the text he was just about to send it i his think brother. we're da- like, So i
2: think we're like defo going to eddie rockets do of you know course I
0: mean? we are listen can just i just t- get on with the podcast? yeah yeah do the, we'll podcast do the podcast thing prize. okay <laughs> so sorry, cu- now couple of things then so the guards claimed that they saw scratches on ian bailey after the event they didn't mm. take any pictures though This was corroborated by people in the community. He claimed he got the scratches from wrestling a Christmas tree. Make of that what you will. But it would have been nice to take a picture, lads. Hilariously, Mm. do you remember this? Hilariously, the guards sketched the scratches. (laughs) Sorry for laughing, but they sketched scratches. And they were like, this is what the scratches look like. Uh, And the DPP were like, okay, guys, seriously. We can't use this in court. Like They actually got a pencil, a 2B. And they were like these, uh, you know. They probably reached for the six B. Oh, they were really charred scratches. Like ta-
2: even just like take the photographs. But surely they could have even done more than that. I mean, they could have examined them. Do you know what I mean? Of course. I mean, I've only watched um no a the little bit of TV, but another can coroner do some sort of the shit.
0: bizarrely the coroner. So this poor woman's body was found on <laughs> the twenty third. The coroner bizarrely said, "Let's keep the body where it is." Was it the coroner? No, I think it was the coroner's office that they wanted to preserve the site. So the woman's body was kept out in the exp- like, in an exposed space okay, mm. in the open air for 48 hours. Again, not ideal when you're trying to preserve evidence really. Um, The Honey and Bailey thing, so it kind of, this is the thing right, I'm on the fence, I really recommend everyone listen to West Cork, uh, West, West Cork um, audiobook because I am still on the fence with this. Okay, mm. I would have thought I would lean towards Ian Bailey being guilty, but a lot of people use the fact that he courts media attention as uh, evidence that he's guilty. I actually don't think that because I think he's just someone that loves attention, and I would lean towards him being guilty, but I'm not. Would not be in any way a hundred percent on it because I think that. It's a bit odd that there is actually zero forensic evidence when you think about a found linking him to this crime. There was a lot of talk about him Mm. being strange, about him sitting on a beach. Like, even I said to Fred tonight, I might do the Sophie Tuscan de Plantier case. And I can remember Sunday Independent, in the living section, on the cover... And Fred actually said this to he was like, do you remember that bit that was in the papers about him sitting, he used to mm. sit in a rocking chair, howling at the moon, reading poetry, and ten lesbians used to dance around him. Like, this is, this was stuff that was in the papers. Like, 90s Ireland was terrified of this person. Mm. So I think a lot of the fear came from the fact that he was different.
2: Okay, Which,
0: yeah. let's just get all legal out, is not actually enough reason to yeah. bring a criminal case against someone you know you can't I mean yes he was violent but who were the bit o- of an oddball I mean who were the other suspects here? well this is the thing there was at the time so this in the last few years this has emerged so now Marie Farrell claimed that she saw Ian Bailey at the crime scene right mm-hmm. at 4am so Marie Farrell was key you probably remember her hilarious character I don't remember character. fucking any of this you do remember no. See, I think maybe because it was like the West Kerry, West Cork, almost kind of. I don't remember any
2: of it. And then when you said, "What? when did it? Do was you, it was massive in my house. I don't I know. Don't remem- the whole I honestly don't remember at all. And even when you said to me there that it was. He, it was the huge. The 2014. You don't remember the last Case. No, because I tell you this. Is gonna and sound by the way, really he sp- lost
0: against six out of eight papers. And the one that he did win on, um, it was the only one he won on was when they accused him. I forget which paper, but they accused. They had said that he had been previously violent. as he had been violent his previous partner, and that wasn't proven. Okay. So he won that one.
2: See, I have this thing around two thousand and three, two thousand and four. I have this period of like blank. So I had Ella in 2003. Okay. So I was just like, I think I was like super stressed. But I think I just, I didn't get to engage with a lot of, you know, when you're okay. kind of like that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You yeah, kind yeah. of, you engage with what you're able to engage with. And well, then you, I'm like, you know I've I mean? been
0: like that the last few weeks, In if any of my friends are listening in terms of contacting people. Yeah. You engage with what you can engage with. And I've said to people, I'll speak to you in a few weeks because yeah. I just am so mentally drained at the moment. Yeah, so I think maybe that's why. No, I totally get what you mean. I missed it. No, that does make sense. But like even the 90s, I just remember like my parents, my auntie like pouring over this case. Mm. Pouring over it in the living section. And I think there is an element because it concerned these blow-ins, etc. And it's like a bit of mystery and stuff. Well, I think just as well, it was familiar with the Wes Kerry, you know, background Mm. as well. Mm. Like this thing of, okay, you know, these Transient people coming because they don't have that connection as well. Like it's they're they're it's just a total mystery. It's like trying to join the dots with a ghost, really. You know, and that you and just don't have much people, to go
2: on. When people move to places like that, I assume they're kind of always the blow-ins, are they?
0: Ah, uh, yeah. 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 But it's funny, actually, because one thing with Sophie, and at the time, I can remember people in my family commenting on the fact that she was in Cork a couple of days before Christmas. She had a kid. Mm. Uh, she was very much, this was very much the case in media at the time, kind of portrayed this beautiful French woman divorce, which was very of course oh wow yeah big to be in Ireland, we only got divorced the year previously. Oh. So she was kind of portrayed as this, you know, bit of a harlot mm. just roaming around West Cork at Christmas when she should have been in France with her husband and child. Totally, of course, not the case whatsoever. Mm. Her husband confirmed that she had actually a flight booked on the 24th. She loved Cork. She wanted to go do a couple of bits in the house and come back to Cork for Christmas, come back to Paris for Christmas. So, again, like we always talk about this, like misogyny that was definitely at the heart of like. I think probably most like media cultures around the world, but certainly in Ireland, it was like, oh, look at your woman now. She should be over in Paris with her husband and kid.
1: Yeah. That was
0: very much the tenet. So one thing, actually, so Marie Farrell claimed that she was driving with a man that wasn't her husband. She made these anonymous phone calls, but the second time she made the anonymous phone call to say that she had seen a man in this area at 4am, mm. Okay, um, the second time, of course, she gave a fake name, Fiona, um, always a good fake name, I feel. Very few Fiona's mm. and Aaron's and like, you know. Yeah, really
2: I, I, like I give... It, what's your fake name that you give? Just off the top of your head, give me a fake name. Don't even think about I
0: it. I would say Sheila, which is the Irish for Julie, which isn't much of a fake no. name. What's I, your I, fake name? Uh, Mairead Kelly. What is it?
2: Mairead Kelly.
0: That, you were such a Mairead Kelly.
2: Aren't <laughs> I? You really are. It's believable, isn't it, see? That
0: is... I mean mine would probably Sheila Thompson, but I just I'm a, I'm just imagining like a Netflix special, you know, like where they're just putting the post its up and it's like Sheila Sheila's the Irish for Julie Johnson Thompson, it's her Whereas go, Marie, go, go, yeah, go, Whereas go. Emma Tor and Marie Con, Con, Marie Kelly like they'd mm. never it'd I know. Never and
2: you don't have to think they'd about never that no, the no. Dance. no, And it's not it's not a I'm le-
0: And a a name you'd never make up a name like Marie No,
2: no, you see
0: it's, and it's Kenny, beautiful.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know. You are beautiful. On, what's this? Is this
0: a cat That's or a fox? fox? Is it a fox?
2: It's no, a it's a cat. The cat. cat hanging out in Nippy Valley. Oh my God! Right, the other week I was in the car with Ella, I we're at the traffic lights, and oh, we see this little mouse. You know at the junction outside my estate. I
0: saw. I was sitting on my couch today, <laughs> and a mouse mouse marched across the floor. Marched across the floor.
2: You've been watching Fred dancing. Basically, that <laughs> gave me
0: a wave. He was like, how are you? Hey, love. No, um, totally unabashed. I don't know, we saw this mouse, right? And we're
2: like, what does he do? We're like, come on, come on, get to the path. And then we're like, why is he going the other way now? Oh, we're getting really excited and everything. And then I'm like, is that a leaf? And then it starts moving again. We're like, oh, no, it's not a leaf. It's definitely not a leaf. And then it's like, oh, it's a fucking leaf.
0: Oh God. We were convinced We were winning a to leave <laughs> today. I have to laugh because just, you know, the lovely was telling me last night she was convincing me that the best pet, the pet we should get, she's a foster parent to guinea mm. pigs. And oh, I'm yeah? I'm like, I, I'm just like, that is just gas, like saving the world with a guinea pig at a ah, time. yeah. But she's all about them. But I'm just like, chinchilla. I don't want my guinea Nona. pig to be fucked up.
2: No, no, get a chinchilla. I
0: just want a carte blanche of a guinea pig. I mm. just don't like, it's their little paws that freak me out.
2: Get a chinchilla.
0: Anyway, so yes, Marie Farrell. This is what's hilarious. So Marie Farrell is just this hilarious character. So she made up um, first of all hilarious pseudonym Fiona.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, secondly, if you're going to make a prank, if we're well, not a prank call, but if you're going to make an anonymous, so call, this was after the tip, fact. Yeah. She
2: wasn't. She wasn't making this call at four o'clock in the morning. She was making no, no, this call no. After, after the fact,
0: yeah. You know, looking uh, for information. Or whatever. She rang from home. Never a good idea. So obviously the guards, you know, mm. tipped along to her ice cream bar and they're like, "Listen, Marie, we they just looked at the Iowa. fucking ID on the fucking. They're farm. like, I'll have just a strawberry, just a small, just a kid's cone, and the fucking truth, and I will also have a sprinkling of the truth. Thank you, Marie. If
2: that's not too but much. But you to know, you know
0: that you would say it after she's put the chocolate flake in. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't be like. No, Listen, Marie. D- I tell you when you'd a- say
2: it. You'd say it when she hands you the cone, and before you hand the money, because if you say it and you got the cone in your hand, she's not going to ask for the money. You've got a free cone there.
0: That is really clever. That's smart. Hello? Anyway, so I, I mean, you were forgiven for Leafgate. You are <laughs> clever. And we were
2: just demented, you know. Just, yeah, just, just when you toddler. get off your
0: tits with your daughter, yeah. No, <laughs> and you think a leaf oh is a mouse oh god driving in boys with cars i love it <laughs> anyway so i big shout out to ella shout out to ella we love ella so listen i yes yeah, so marie anyway was got stung so she went down to the guards now this marie i have my questions about so marie did not want to name the man she was in the car because she said it wasn't her husband she was, he was driving around uh Sounds right. A bit. Driving, driving around. We all know what that means. Um, but yeah. So driving around, mm. he drove something like a sports car. So straight away, I'm asking questions. Yeah. And she said she saw this guy in her sh- Sophie had been in her shop, and she saw this guy standing outside her shop, looking in the window, and it was the same guy that she had seen at four a.m. This is what she said. No. Listen to this description: wearing yeah. a black coat and a French hat. Oh, for
2: fuck's sake, Marie! Fuck's
0: sake, Marie! Marie mean, is that's on like the sauce, saying, Listen, and he had—he was
2: carrying a baguette. I mean, and he had come a string on. of onions round his do you know neck.
0: What I mean, he looked, and she said, "I would say he looked European." Come on, Marie, we're all I was fucking all, European. Ha, 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 ha. Like say that. no to Brexit. Did
2: he have a little mustache that he I kept?
0: Mean, do you know what twiddling? I mean? But well, then the hilarious thing. So basically the guards really wanted to get in for this. So mm. Marie was a bit of a spanner in the works with her. I saw a man, you know Your man off a snail, Perry crisps. wearing a stripy was she, she was looking at a pack of crisps. Top. It was yeah, Perry crisp. It was crisps. Perry Crisps, yeah. Uh <laughs> so she'd been alone in the ice cream shop too long yeah, and yeah. suddenly the crisps were coming to life. <laughs> but anyway, so she had said this. Now I uh, here's my thinking. I think the guards are like, Fuck's sake, Marie, like they had their they had their had theory, story. Yeah. They yeah, had yeah. their theory. So then she's like, Oh, he was I'd say five seven, and Ian Bailey is like very tall. So they were like, Look, let's round it up to five eleven. Mm-hmm. Let's just say, you know, a nice five eleven. Mm-hmm. So she got embroiled in this thing with the guards, right? Where the DPP had a whole section on Marie Farrell. They're like, we cannot bring this case because Marie Farrell is basically a bit of a fibber. Like, the story starts out with one thing, and by the time the guards got her a mobile phone, like, they were real, mm-hmm. like, come on, Marie, like, let's just get to where we want to be. Um, So t- for me, the whole thing was just so bizarre. Marie then was all like, the guards were putting pressure on me to come up with this theory, etc. But doesn't explain, Marie, why you went on Pat Kenny off her own volition Mm -hmm. was on Pat Kenny saying you know Ian Bailey was in my shop threatening me all this kind of thing so she got totally caught up in this story massively caught up a little bit of trivia a few tidbits that only came to light light in the noughties but we'll just throw them in Um, by the way my absolute favourite uncle lives in Bandon so I'm going to give a shout out to Bandon now but um, it was funny because actually the Bandon police station they had uh there was like I think they accidentally tapped their own phones. So they thought they were just tapping like the incoming calls people ring in, but they actually mm. tapped like each other's like personal calls. Like, you know, it's a skull ring band and band in a call skull. So they got released in the noughties. But like there was nothing particularly like incriminating there. It was just like that fucking bollocks is going around skull saying he murdered her, which I think is like a total fair statement to make. Because Ian was going around by the way, telling people I did it, I went too far. Here is the thing. I'm not sure who killed the poor woman. May she rest in peace. But I think, and actually, this got really glazed over in the series. But this is what resonated with me. This is what stuck with me in the 90s when mm-hmm. I when I was poring over this case, like little intrepid explorer that I was. Mm. I. Uh, one thing that resonated with me, there was this gorgeous, the, th- the reason why it stuck with me is because I really fancied the guy who gave this bit of evidence. So he was this gorgeous, dark-skinned local lad mm. who had been picked up by Ian when he was hitchhiking. Mm-hmm. And he just said, so how are you, Ian? And I remember, I don't know it was prime time or crime call or something he was on and we gave this bit of evidence. Um, he said, oh, you know, so I said to you, and you be like, so how are you? Mm. real casual, we've talked about this if someone says how are you, you don't give them a real answer, okay, I'm being polite, you're being polite, Mm. we don't want a conversation, No. he responded with well I was fucking fine until I went up there and bashed her head in now I think he's an egomaniac I think he loves to court attention, I think he can be very self dramatizing but that, that kid was petrified he got out of the car, he went home they rang the guards his family rang the guards and he was petrified i think of all the evidence and you know there was all this thing about they had a bon. you know jules, not jules but ian certainly had a bonfire over christmas and then it turned out that he burned shoes and he burned clothes and all mm-hmm. this crack to me that bit of evidence is the bit that kind of rings true that he obviously did say this to this kid. Why would you say that? But also, you know, human yeah, beings no. are intuitive. Sorry now, Judy. The kid was like, I was petrified. Do you believe him because he was a right? Is that another issue up here? I just remember at the time, I You didn't really fancy in
2: raid, did you? I was you? trying
0: to find, fa- do you know what? I was Googling this guy. I was like, hitchhiker, confession, Ian Bailey. Couldn't find, maybe he's a figment of my imagination. But I just remember him giving me the feelings.
2: I'm going to ask you a question and I want you to just straight Are you answer
0: saying he's not an, he's not a trust a no, teenager? I want you to just is not answer trust this question
2: source. yes or no have you looked for him on Tinder
0: I haven't looked for him on Tinder but if you're out there hitch, if you were hitchhiking in school in 1996 give me a call that's all I'm saying
2: so how long ago was that but sure,
0: he was only a couple of years older than me so it was no. you know what I mean like we've a lot in common
2: yeah, I mean it's definitely. I, I think, think it's, it's definitely a, a viable relationship. If
0: Fred now that he's got a lot of time at home and he's probably mm. going to get to see the real me, so we're already prepping ourselves for the breakup. Okay, mm. the demise is well, the car it. anyway. But that's I think off the that road pretty soon. I know, and you know, I'll I'll be housebound. Just going to be a lot of. Would you mind dropping me to the shop like that? But it's a lot of pressure on a relationship. Um oh, But yeah. no, I, I'm just saying it could be. You know, it could be a runner, this guy. I mean, mm. what would you think of that, though? Is your man just being ah, full yeah, of no, attention only, and drama and all that I'm kind only of having the laugh. Is there a it bit sounds of, you know pretty, I mean? I mean... I think it's fairly incriminating. I'm torn. Is it incriminating or is it him being a total attention seeker? Because he does seem to have a real dark sense of humour.
2: Well, I think sometimes... Uh, I mean, uh, I think they have to explore in in these kind of cases, they have to explore lots of different suspects. But sometimes it is the most fucking obvious yes, thing. Yes,
0: and it usually is. But can I just it's say like, something? you know, when
2: you're sick, you know, when you're sick and you like, you start Googling stuff. And you're in and the like,
0: risk ward and you're like, they've taken your Google away. No, because you're, you're, you're like, Googling <laughs> your symptoms. But <laughs> well, you start, you know, say
2: like, you have a um, you know it's like a sinus infection. I did this the other week. I know it's a sinus infection. I know what it is. But then I'm starting to look at... What if a sinus infection is left untreated? It can go and fucking rot your brain. Yeah, and I'm like maybe it's
0: brain cancer. I thought maybe. you were a bit off tonight, if I'm honest. Did you? In the I brain. think it's gone. The sinus infection's gone. I've to had the this brain. for
2: weeks. Come on, anyway, what were you going anyway, so to say, Sam? Anyway, so Marie Farrell,
0: I see. I, you know, I saw this guy in a French hat who looked European mm. outside the shop, and then I saw him at four am. Uh, you know he was we making are French of, noises. Yeah, <laughs> so it's kind of like you know I saw you know this guy he could have been Mexican he was wearing a certain pair saying oh can I get the flight to Mexico or something you know what I mean it's so cliched it's just so reductive Marie but mm. there was and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it on this note mm. there was a travel agent in Galway yeah that Sophie had used. Mm-hmm. Who said, and this guy now actually sounded really, you know, reputable, trustworthy, not even reputable, is the wrong word, but sounded fairly credible. Mm. He said that a guy came into him on Christmas Eve, mm. very frazzled, wearing a French hat, long black coat, had mentioned something about West Cork, and wanted a one way fight to Paris for just himself, and seemed very frazzled. So he did kind of fit Marie's description. And what I thought was quite credible about this guy, he said that he had furnished the guards with this information. They hadn't hadn't followed up on it. But, which I thought was a very balanced kind of view to take, he said, I don't blame them because with this case, there are just so many ghosts that they probably just felt it wasn't worth chasing up. But he was like, this did happen. Now, what do you think of that? What do you think <laughs> of that?
2: Um, I don't know. I was going to say something in French, but I didn't do French in school. I was going to say something like
0: "j'aime." I mean, say "la Julia. vie," but that's not really
2: um, that's not really appropriate. Bonjour, j'aime. French will them that I song. I mean,
0: Je it's, me it's kind French. of j'aime la basket. Uh, it's kind of annoying Je that a woman
2: was murdered. He was brutally murdered and they kind of really weren't able to bring anyone to justice. I mean, yeah, kind of feels like... Well, I don't know, but it kind of... It sounds like as if a a bit more effort had been put in, they could have
0: gotten somebody. Here's what I think in defence of the guards. I think if I had to... If it was like, okay, if I had to call it, I would say he probably is guilty in Bailey. But I think... They tried, and similar, I don't want to, like the Stephen Avery thing, we'll talk about that another time, making a murder, but I think when cops get it in their head that it's someone, I think the guards in this instance were probably right, actually. Yeah. But I think, similar to the Stephen Avery thing, I think they went so far, they got so consumed with trying to pin it on the person, that it actually was detrimental well, I think it was as actually well, detrimental it, to the whole thing. I think you, they, you I think their the intentions time. were good.
2: If you fuck up things early on in a case, it's just it's really going to come back to haunt you then when you're trying to yeah. get a conviction or whatever. But Some. I th- I
0: think I actually think the guards, you know, they did look. There were a lot of fuck ups along the way. And like <laughs> pff, I, we won't we won't go into all of them here. But I think that they were so hell-bent on actually getting justice for her because they were convinced it was him, mm. that I think maybe they were blinded by their own bias and that they were like, it is him. We need to pin everything. Everything needs to point to him. And in doing so, actually, paradoxically, they probably did fuck up the case for themselves because they were mm. so determined to get him.
2: Yeah. Um, are we going to any rockets now? Or we're or... doing
0: it. A- <laughs> Will we do any rockets?
2: Yeah, do quick you want taco to? fries before yeah. bed. Hang on. Yeah, okay.
0: Um, listen, thanks for listening. We This episode has been sponsored by Eddie and Eddie Rockets. Please, thank you, Eddie. Please download. Please, um, Eddie, just sponsor us the for download It's all that fucking matters. It. Well, listen. I think if anyone deserves a sponsor like Rosemary McCabe, is fairly. She's all about the Eddie Rockets. So, is if she? Eddie Rockets are saying we need to give some podcaster. We need to get. We need to give some sponsorship to a podcast. It's not going to be us. Rosemary's way ahead of the game. We need to pick another fast food joint. No, but well, let's wait for Eddie's Chicken to Hut. Get- I think Chicken Hut is more within our range. If I'm honest, bit of Chicken Hut. <laughs> I've been chili chai. I've been enjoying. See bless. you later, peeps.
2: God
0: bless. You've got to stop
2: this.